Hello and welcome to Tech Talk with Madonna, Season 3, Episode 11. Our guest today is Michelle Brainer. In this captivating episode, we have the honor of sitting down with Michelle, a seasoned senior software engineer at Netflix, with an incredible journey that spans 13 years. One of the piece of advice that I'd love to give to people after 13 years is to make sure your job is not your whole life. There will be always disappointments that work kind of like outside of your control. Uh, there's going to be promotions or projects that you won't get, not because you're not good enough, but because of reasons outside of your control. You can't control like industry forces or government regulations. These things are just going to happen. And there was a time early in my career where I used to be like devastated when these things happened, when I didn't get something I wanted. But eventually I realized there'll be like, there'll always be other career opportunities. There's no like perfect career, or perfect job. Um, and then there's plenty of other things you can put your energy Michelle's story is a testament to the power of passion, dedication, and the pursuits of knowledge. What, tru what truly sets Michelle's apart is her commitment to knowledge, sharing, and giving back to the tech community. She's been a speaker at over 30 conferences, and she's a sought-after podcast guest and host, and her work has been graced by publication SSTMBE, 97 things every cloud engineer should know, and other online platforms such as Lead Dev. I have my hair laid back, and also I have now purple. I like that you're wearing purple too, but I have my purple highlights in my hair. I'm also wearing um top that has it's brown and then it has this cool patterns. I mean, I like it, it's cool. I think it's cool. And then I have my headphones on. And I like doing hand gestures. I just like to mention what I have on my hands. I don't have anything, no polish. I think for once in my podcast, I said no polish. So no nail polish. And that's me. How about you? How are you today? Oh, I ran out of bed 10 minutes ago. Uh, I'm not an early riser, uh, but I am very excited. It's so funny. Today, I'm actually getting my hair done and it's going to be a light purple. But today, I'm just ready to go. Um I got my tea here. I just made sure to get my caffeine and uh, we'll, we'll go through this, even if it's, you know, I'm not as, as posh as I'd like to be, but I, I I'm feel I'm ready to chat. You look beautiful. Thank you. And I also like you mentioned purple. Do you like purple? Is purple your favorite? Oh purple? yeah. That's like my brand. It's very strange for me to have you like, you can see my yeah. hair is really light back here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's ready to be dyed again. I'm usually more of a, a purple pink hair color. I like to stand out and I really think it, it pops. Um, uh, it's in a way it's my brand colors, but it's just because I like it. It's a fun, fun mm. color to be with. And just to elaborate for anybody listening, when she said back here, she meant back, back of her head. Yeah. Because one thing that I learned is how to be accessible is not to be using here. Because somebody that's listening is like, what is here? What does here mean? Uh, yeah. Like course. that was a big call out for me. Like I do that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, especially because we're on video and I'm used to like, oh, just like point, you know, sometimes in meetings, I will point to my computer, mm -hmm. like on a video chat, and I'll be like, wait, no, you can't see me point to my computer. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and then I can explain what I'm pointing at. It's just such a natural, natural thing to do. Perfect. Okay, let's get started. Please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Uh, okay, my name is Michelle Brenner. My pronouns are she, her. Uh, I'm currently a senior software engineer at Netflix. I've been an uh, engineer for about 13 years now. I started as a support engineer and 
that is someone who uh, helps make things move along in um, VFX and animation studio, uh, basically answering any questions and, and writing tools to help things move faster. Um, and then after that, I mostly worked in entertainment. I really love TVs and movies. Uh, with one small tent working at a startup um, for restaurateurs. Uh, the other things uh, I do is that I'm a, a speaker and I love speaking at conferences. I've spoken at over 30 conferences all over the world, speaking on topics from technical about the work I'm doing, the projects I like to, to career focus on how to improve your team branding, how to improve giving feedback, how to improve your project management, things like that that really helps you based on a lot of the mentoring and uh, that I've done over the years and the mentoring I've received. So really enjoy giving talks. That is amazing. Wow. You mentioned you have a career of over 13 years of experience in software engineering. And I'm wondering, what are some of the challenges and successes that you're proud of? And also the challenges that you feel like this is something that really made me feel down that you can speak to us about? Yeah, uh, one of the one of the piece of advice that I'd love to give to people after 13 years is to make sure your job is not your whole life. There will be always disappointments at work kind of like outside of your control. Uh, there's going to be promotions or projects that you won't get, not because you're not good enough, but because of reasons outside of your control. You can't control like industry forces or government regulations. These things are it's just going to happen. And there was a time early in my career where I used to be like devastated when these things happened, when I didn't get something I wanted. But eventually mm -hmm. I realized there'll be like, there'll always be other career opportunities. There's no like perfect career, or perfect job. Yeah. Um, and then there's plenty of other things you can put your energy into, like your hobbies and your family. Uh, career ambition is great and I'm honestly full of that. But when you have things, other things going on at home and your community, it kind of softens disappointment and helps you get back up again. That's something that was really important for me to learn in like the first five years of my, my career. Okay, I just wanna piggyback on that and say, that is the same thing. In my early careers, I was so devastated. I did not have any like work-life balance. I was just work, 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 always doing my job, always expecting to deliver on time. And now that I sit back after again, a decade two in software, I'm like, wow, I wanna tell young people not to do that because it can be very depressing. And now when I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? I mean, it helped me a lot, be good at what I do, but still it was very stressful when I think about it now. Something else that you mentioned that really makes a lot of sense is the fact that we don't need to get everything. That mindset was not there for me. I kept stressing over it until I learned that actually I can rewire my thoughts instead of thinking that it doesn't have to be like that, you know? Oh, so thank you so much for sharing that because that really did resonate with me. So any successes that you want to share with us that you're really proud of? Uh, sure. I mean, speaking at conferences has been such a joy for me. It's something I started in 2018, going from, you know, zero to 34 now, going from just like local meetups to all over the world. This year I was in Europe twice. It, it just, I really love a lot of things about it. One is that I secretly want to be a stand-up comedian. Uh, but the pay is much better to be an engineer. So I'm still an engineer. And two is I really love teaching and mentoring. And it's a way to do that at scale, right? Like as much as I enjoy that one-on-one -on -one mentoring, when you're speaking to a crowd of, you know, a couple hundred people, you get to get your thoughts out there and you get to get to give people something they can take away from and learn. And you're having that like exponential effect 
because I'll tell other people and I'll get that feedback later like oh I heard someone at the talk and they did this and now we're doing this and now we're doing this better and it's just it's just really fulfilling um and then of course I get the bonus of, of traveling all over the world which is I always tell people like yeah you want to you want a free trip, go sign up for a tech conference and you get you get to see the world. That's amazing. I feel the same too, because I've done the same too. And I noticed something we have in common. You've spoken to over 30 conferences, me too. I think I'm going to be hitting 31 in Seattle next week, but one which is super excited. So I'm so excited about that. Thank you so much. And it's weird. I just started also with the, my local community through Women Who Code. And then I went growing and then I became a GDE. And on once, once I became a GDE in Android, then... Google came in and supported me. So now I don't pay for any trips. Google pays for everything, my hotel, my my booking. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. <laughs> but also I'm teaching, which is something that I love to do a lot. Now, your career is pretty amazing. So you started from art school and then you transitioned to being a software engineer. You're a self-taught software engineer, which is fascinating. Tell us more about that. And then how can you inspire others who are transitioning? Because this is something that many people like to do, like transition from just other careers to software engineering. What can you tell others? And in fact, right now with the job market, I feel like there's a lot of pressure for people that are transitioning, as you can imagine. So what would you tell them? Of course, yeah. Well, I originally went to art school because I love cartoons with like many children, but I never grew up. Uh, one of the things that brought me to art is that it was something I did with my grandfather. He loved TV and movies so much that in his basement, he actually built a library to store his VHSs that was like the library that Bell had in Beauty and the Beast, like the huge walls filled floor to ceiling, but with VHS tapes and projector reels and things like that. And it just, it's just something that I felt helped me feel close to him since he's not with us anymore. And that just, my whole career, I always just wanted to have that with me. So that's how I got into art. And then as I got my first job in the industry in VFX animation, I started to understand what the actual job is like. And I think that happens to a lot of people who have this dream of working in these really cool industries. They're like, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's Once I have this dream job, everything's going to be perfect. But then you realize what the job actually entails. And you're like, well, maybe this isn't exactly what I want to do, right? And then as I worked more and more, I realized what I enjoyed is problem solving and helping people. Like that was kind of the core of what I liked. And one of the aspects of the job was they encourage you to learn Python scripting to make the job easier. So I was doing things like moving files around, uh, creating alerts, kind of simpler things with coding. And the more and more I did, the more and more I really enjoyed it. I built bigger and bigger projects. And I was like, you know, I can stay in entertainment and help artists and do be an engineer. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So it was always about learning on the job. I think for people who are transitioning and people who want to learn something new, big, like change careers, it's all about learning how you learn. And for me, I wasn't able to learn from tutorials or books. Like I'd sit down and I tried to do a tutorial and I would like fall asleep. And it didn't matter what time of day it was. It'd be two in the afternoon. I'd be like, I can't focus on it. But yeah. if my boss said, hey, I need this project done, I was ready. I could go piece by piece, get it done. And I, re I mean, I realized, oh, I'm a project-based learner. And once I got that, then I was able to get through projects and do bigger and bigger projects and kind of set goals for myself, both at work and at home. Like, all right, this is the type of project I want to build. How do I figure out how to do it? So that's really what helped my learning. That's always 
encourage other people to do is, is figure out how you learn best and just focus on that and not try to do what everyone else is doing. And then in terms of actually transitioning in a career, uh, I was very lucky to my boss kind of built a path at my first job of like showing people how you do it. So one of the ways you do it is that you take advantage of the industry you already know, especially if you're already working in it. So I was working in entertainment, but you could be working in finance or healthcare or something, something different. And then just try to get something in that industry because you already know how something works. So you already have a step up. You already know how the clients work, how the workflows work. So you know that. And if you're already working, say you're working as something else. So say you're working in customer service or QA or something else. You can go to the other team and say, you know, I'm so interested in engineering. Can I, can I help you fix a few bugs? Can I do some work for you? And that works really well because people love when you do work for them. So when you're volunteering and then that gets you on the board, right? You start, you start learning how things work. And then when there's an opening, you say, oh, remember all this work I've already done for you? It'd be super easy for me to transition. And then you get those opportunities. And I find that mm-hmm. opportunities like that are, are much better than just putting in your resume because those are much harder to stand out from the crowd. Wow. So well said. And I love that. I love the fact that you mentioned how people can match what they already do. Like, for instance, if, you, if you're in, let's say you're a NAS and you want to transition to tech, you can start trying to see how you can actually start working with a team that's already working in that department and see how you can get to feel even what they do. And I love the approach of bags because that can be pretty good because that's what most of the people do when you're hired. Your first job when you're hired, it's not to build features, it's to fix some bags, especially if you're new and fresh. So thank you so much for sharing that too. Now, in your bio, you mentioned your do advising and topics like let's say team building and technical so can you share some valuable insights or strategies you found effective and being and in leading successful engineering teams for building sorry yeah uh one strategy i found successful is to make small changes over time to eventually make the big changes you want so i like to tell the story of the woman who wants to start going to the gym but has never been. This is one of my favorite stories. So the first week, she gets up early, she gets dressed, she drives to the gym, and then she leaves. The next week, <laughs> she gets up early, she gets dressed, she drives to the gym, and then she goes inside for a few minutes, looks around, and then leaves. The next week, she finally starts her workout. So why didn't she start working out the first week? Because she wanted to build a habit, and it was too hard to go out once, she would yeah. give up. Mm-hmm. So as anyone knows who works out, mm-hmm. going for one is hard, but getting up and getting dressed is also very hard. So, so yeah. So I think about that every time I advise leaders who want their engineering teams to have better habits. I see this all the time where people go wrong. They're like, they come in, they have these big ideas. They're like, oh, we're going to have a teamwork like this. Okay. So everyone's going to test everything they write. Everyone's going to write these zero tickets. They're going to have they're going to have a full form of information and then like all these things they think their engineers are going to do. And they'll do it for like a couple of weeks, kind of like, oh, I'm going to do an hour workout every day. And then it just kind of falls off, falls off a cliff. So it's always better to like ease people in, be like, okay, so for this three months, the one thing we're going to focus on is testing. And that's all we're going to do. You know, and these three months, we're going to focus on Jira. And you're kind of, you can be amazed how much you get done in a year. Like when you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, a year ago, we weren't doing any of this stuff. And now we're doing all this stuff. 
there's a little bit of advice I got that works for workout and engineering too, I think is instead of thinking about something as a chore, think about it as, as a blessing, like, oh my gosh, I'm so blessed I get to run today. Because there are days when I can't run. Like, say like last two weeks ago, we talked about how I got really sick and I was like bummed I got to lay in bed and be sick. And it was actually not a fun lay in bed. It was a, it was not a good lay in bed. It was a, you know, sick lay in bed. So I wish I could have got up and run. I wish I'd had the the health to get up and run. So, you know, having the, the, the blessing of like, oh, I get to learn today. So that, that hits me too when I have like a hard problem I can't figure out. This just happened yesterday. I was on call. I had this problem that was like impossible. I spent all day on it. And I was like, I cannot figure this out. But you've got to think to yourself like, what a blessing that I'm given difficult problems and given the time to figure it out instead of, you know, being told exactly what to do or mm-hmm. constantly being bothered like, are oh, you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? You know, yeah. so you got to think of the the good things that you get when you're faced with something that's really hard. I love that approach. That's a winning approach and I love it. Now, I'm going to go a little bit to your bio and when you mentioned that you've spoken to over that conferences and I want to ask you, what are kind of the tips and tricks you can offer to any new people that want to do speaking? Are you, do you have any things you can offer? Uh, a lot. I actually have a blog post about this, but I'm going to nice. go through all my all my like hot tips. Um. The, one of the best pieces of advice I got is that you're telling your story that a lot of people think like, oh, I don't have anything to say because, you know, if you, the topic that I have in mind, if you just Google it, you'll find the answer. And I'm like, well, you have to first think to Google it. Like, I don't always, one of the reasons I love going to conferences is I'll go to talks that I'm surprised at, like talks I didn't even think of like, oh, I didn't even think of this technology. I didn't even know that was coming out or I didn't even know how to use it and I wouldn't even think of Googling it. So first of all, people don't know to Google it. So you, it's a new topic for them. And second, you, you say it the way you want, you include your story. People love stories, right? Like I keep telling stories because that's how we connect. You know, we connect about the gym, we connect about loving cartoons Mm -hmm. and just telling your story in an honest way really gets people remembering. And also People remember how they you make them feel and not necessarily what you say. They'll yes. remember little bits of it. Like you'll, you'll go to a talk and you'll be like, this is really interesting. This person was such a good speaker. And now I want to learn more about Docker. You know, like they'll, they'll kind of remember a little bit of what you say. So it's all about, conferences are all about performance and giving something, someone having a good time and enjoying themselves and inspiring them to go learn a little more about what you're doing. So like none of my, very few of my talks have even like any code snippets or anything like that. I'm all about like, here's the general idea and here's the kind of like why you should try this new technology when I'm doing a technical talk. So trying to get people kind of in the door of learning and you don't have to go too deep. Amazing. I like that. I feel like that's something that I've also done a couple of those where sometimes I'm just introducing people to mobile because mostly I've concentrated in mobile and my other talks are always very technical because they have like snippets of codes. But that's a great point. I like the way you mentioned. Now, we are almost at time and I wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned something in the beginning that was very important that caught my eye, that you love movies. And I want to ask you, what's your favorite movie? You have to tell us this. Okay, the first one, I mean, I love so many movies, but yes. Trading Places was always one of my favorite movies, and I yes. watched that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Just a classic movie. Um, mm-hmm. So that's amazing. 
Mm-hmm. And then for animation, Arthur Christmas was the first animation I worked on. So that will always hold a special place in my heart. Amazing. Wow. Okay. Please share us, share with us some resources where we can find you and where we can also read your blog on speaking, blog on speaking. Yes. You can find everything at michellebrenner.com. Um, I'm open to booking for speaking. So if you listen to me for 30 minutes and you're like, wow, I just really need to hear Michelle for much longer. Yes. Just reach out uh, on michellebrenner.com or on LinkedIn. I'm always open to new connections. And you can find that all there. You can find all my previous talks, my podcast, um, the blo- all the blog posts about how to get started in speaking, mm-hmm. all of that stuff at my website. Amazing. I will link that on our newsletter. And it's been such an honor to have you today as one of our speakers. Thank you so much.